All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone who identifies in between, welcome in to Class B Boys season preview. It's Owen Godberson alongside Jack Hoover, as always, bringing your Nebraska soccer talk action. First of all, we thank you for tuning in to this preview podcast. Now, Jack, we just got done talking about the Class B girls. We're looking at the Class B boys now. It's excitement on both ends. This should be an electric season in Class B. Yeah, again, another really, really fun one in store. I do like the whole field of teams this year. I think there's going to be a lot of talent in Class B boys. Uh, there'll be a lot of fun matches to watch, of course, which we will be highlighting later. But I'm just excited to talk about it. I'm excited to cover it. And I hope that for all you listeners out there, we can, you know, do it justice. Do all these players justice. Now, we will start with the disclaimer before the list and before the top 10 players to watch everything along those lines. If you are not in these top 10s of the honorable mentions, the players to watch anything along those lines, use it as motivation. We want to motivate you. We want you to prove us wrong. We want you to go out and have the season of your life and the career that you all dream of at the high school level. Go out and prove us wrong. Before the list, just wanted to get that out there, that it is not out of malice. It is purely the players, the teams that we think going into this season are best poised to have a great season, but we wish all of you the best of luck anyway. Let us start with the top 10 Actually, no, excuse me. Let's start with a recap of last season, correct? Yeah, of course. Let's, uh, you know, bring everyone up to speed. Uh, last season, another fun one. Like, just, like in the, just like on the girls' side, uh, we had a state final that involved Scott versus uh, Lexington. So, just like on the girls' side, another state final that we had seen the year prior. So, a little bit of a repeat. Uh, we mentioned, for those of you who watched, or sorry, who listened to our Class B girls preview... We were excited about the possibility of seeing a three-peat in the final between Norris and Scott. Uh, Lexington-Scott match uh, could also be really, really entertaining. It'd make for a great spectacle. Um, but I think it's less likely, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, a good game. Uh, Scott ended up winning 2-1 off of a, some would say, controversial penalty kick um, at the end of that game. I do think it was... The right call, probably. Uh, but regardless, Scott won 2-1 uh, for their third championship in four years, technically. A three-peat, though, since, you know, COVID wiped out one of those years. So, yeah, Scott could be going for the unheard of four-peat this year. Uh, but outside of that, we had some other great stories. Uh, number one, I think, being the, the run that Waverly Soccer had last year. Uh we gave head coach, coach of the year, Michael Ziola. Um, we gave him, yeah, our coach of the year award. Uh, and it was his last season, though, with Waverly since he had gone on and left to go work at Columbus. Uh, but he led that team, which was you know very much an underdog story, uh, to semifinals, which I think was probably rare air for the Waverly boys team, not a position they find themselves in that often. So that was a great story to keep an eye on. Uh, Lexington, Bennington continued to be a strong team. Uh, and then just, you know, we had other teams across the state. Scott's Bluff qualified, so I think they drove, what was it? What, we, we did the math. It was like 600-something miles, something outrageous like that. Uh, yeah, looks like I went to pull it up right now. 
Uh, but they drove to the state tournament for the first time in a while, which was really fun to have them there. Uh, a lot of great stories, though, last season. Uh, a lot of teams we didn't highlight there. Nebraska City, uh, that was a fun one I just wanted to point out. Uh, that's not a team that we talk about being up there in the upper echelons of Class B soccer, but they had a great season last year. Um, senior heavy team, so I don't think we'll see them in that same spot last year. I didn't put them in that same spot in our rankings. But they were a top 10 team for a lot of the season last year. That was really fun to see the Pioneers actually have a good run. For those interested, Scott's Bluff is 450 miles on the dot from there our current is. recording location. Perfect. Now we've got that answer. Because I'm sure everybody was curious. Mm-hmm. I needed to know the number off the top of my head. Yep. We did. Yeah, we put that in our state tournament preview, which we will be making again this year. If you're interested in that, we'll come out with more information about that later. Always a lot of fun with that. But yeah, so yeah, that was a little bit of a recap. Very brief. Probably missed a ton. I know I missed a ton, but that's a. That's the memory. That's yeah. the memory of two two <laughs> recent college grads. Now we'll go on to look at the top ten. I'm going to go ahead and make a bold prediction that Scud is number one. Scud is number one. Absolutely. Um, Scud's going to be really, really good this year. Uh, talked about it a lot with like a lot of the Class B girls teams in our Class B preview. Um, and one thing was that a lot of these teams didn't lose a ton of seniors. That's the case for Scud boys this year. They had two seniors on their team last year. One of them was, of course, you know, uh, their captain, Zacharada, a very important player for them. But by and large, the whole of the team is coming back this year. In goal, you've got a great shot stopper in Morgan Finkenbinder. Uh, very, very, very talented between the posts. And then in the midfield, you've got the two Shent brothers, uh, Sam and Ben, uh, with Sam recently committing to Nebraska Wesley, and they'll be patrolling things. And then up top, you got a good striker in Dylan Toth who can really just hit a ball cleanly. I mean, you know, doesn't have to do the fancy things, but he just puts his laces through it and buried a lot of goals for Scott. They're going to be really good. Um, that much is obvious. And I think it's pretty obvious who everybody would assume correct that who would be the number two spot. But we went a little bit. With it, we threw a little bit of curveball at the number two spot, correct? We did, yes. Um, yeah, you're probably thinking, oh, Lexington, probably they're going to be there in, the, in that position again. I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about them in just a second. But Bennington, I think Bennington is going to be a really strong team this year. Um, they've obviously been the rise on the rise, making it to the past two semifinals. Uh, where they lost, of course, to either Lexington or Scott the past two years. But maybe this is the year they finally do it. They finally get to that state championship game. They've got great attacking talent. Uh, they have, of course, Kai Ulbrich as a senior who uh, we would have been we would have been talking about him as like the best player to come out of Bennington in forever. Um, but they also had Oliver Benson last year who led the goal or led the state in goals. Uh, Kyle Brook was just behind him, though. He had 20 goals, 12 assists, great numbers. And then someone who I think is going to score a ton of goals this year is going to be their forward, Io McKinde, recently committed to Hastings. I mean, he is just a strong physical presence who has good technique to match, which is not something you find in a lot of strikers at this level. 
Um, so you can just bully defenders off the ball and then, you know, control it in tight spaces and finish with ease sometimes. So I think Iowa McKinde, especially now that Benson's going to be gone, is going to have a lot, going to bear a lot of the attacking burden this year, which I think is what he's probably wants. And it's probably going to be something he excels at. So look out for those two players. Look out for Bennington as a whole. Bennington at the two spot. And then we go into the third spot, which is where the Minutemen come in. Now, I, I, I will admit a, a tad bit of bias here. Oh, of course. I, I know from, what you're going to say. Yeah. From the Oscar Edu Galvan, the yep. Minuteman <laughs> Messi himself. Yes. Obviously, that was two years ago that, mm-hmm. that Oscar played in the state final for Lexington. Mm-hmm. You're not so confident that they could get to their third straight final. Nah. Why not? Okay. So, obviously, Lexington's very talented. Um, in the past two years, obviously, they made it to the finals. Uh, it seemed like those years, they always had, like, two very obvious superstars on their team. Uh, Yasker Galvan and Junior Casillas in that 2021 year. And then last year, they had Ernesto Vargas and Diego Martinez, two very, very good attacking players, um, who helped carry that team to the finals. This year, I don't know. I don't know who those two are going to be. Um, they lost a ton of seniors from last year's class. I think like eight of their t- 11 starters were seniors. So that is my main concern, having to replace that. Um, they do have one superstar, though, in Alex Perez, who had, uh, before the state tournament, which the stats I've got pulled up right now, he had 11 goals, eight assists. I think he might have bagged a goal or two on the way to Lexington's you know, run to the finals. Uh, but he'll probably, he will almost definitely be the main man for the Minutemen this year. I just don't know who's going to surround him. That's the thing. Um, just a lot of questions about their, you know, who's going to fill those spots left by the seniors. So Lexington could be back at number two, or they could be maybe even worse. We'll see. They could slide down the rankings. I don't know. I don't want to doubt them. I just don't know at this point. It is It is up in the air. Mm-hmm. And it is up in the air at the fourth spot, because I, I'm not sure who you put in at the fourth spot. Who, who we got? This is uh, maybe a bit of an optimistic take, uh, but I have the Mount Michael Knights there. Ooh. Yeah, Mount Michael, again, like Scott, like a lot of these other teams we mentioned, super young last year. They had one senior, really, who contributed in Jurgen Beller, who was a great player for them. Uh, But they bring everyone back from a team that made the state tournament last year, uh, besides Jurgen. And a team that had a lot of good wins last season. They did beat Bennington in districts before getting blown out 5-1 in state. Uh, where they beat Elkhorn North, beat Sioux City, um, beat some other good teams, good talented teams, Skyler. And they found their form late on in the season. So I really think that Mount Michael uh, could have a big jump this year into being one of the better teams in Class 8 boys. Um, so they'll be a fun, fun team to watch. Class B. Oh, sorry. Boys. Class, yeah, Class B boys. Mount Michael Glad making you... the move up to Class A would yeah. be interesting. <laughs> With an enrollment of like 200 students. Yeah, you know, good for them. You know, why not? It, it would be entertaining. Now, who do we've got rounding out the top five for Class B boys? All right. Next up, well, now we've got a couple teams here that made state last year. I think this year. Um, but let me just pull it up here. Once it that's off, that's who it was. I did the class B previews for boys I, and girls. Well, 
I, I, I want to say I really hope that it's deserved. Um, Scott's Bluff was a good team last year. They were very talented. Um, I, you know, when I talked to Joe about it from last year, a lot of referees, players who were able to make it out, coaches who were able to make it out to Scott's Bluff to watch the team. So they had a lot of talent. And then we kind of got to see that a little bit at State. They had a just a barn burner of a game in the first round against Waverly. I think the final score was like four to five in overtime. Uh, just trading goals back and forth. Very unfortunate to lose um, to the team of destiny, though. So, you know, they can be feel a little bit better about that, I guess. But Scott's Bluff was good last year, and they're going to be good this year. They return a lot of their attacking talent, a lot of the team from last season. I really want to have faith in them. I think they'll be a top-five team. I think they'll be back to the state tournament. They'll have to drive. 450 miles, whatever we decided on, back here to Morrison Stadium. Uh, and this time they're going to want to stay a little longer, though, than one day. So we'll see how the Scotts Bluff Bearcats do. Now, at number six, you've got the team that sent Scotts Bluff home last year. Yes. Waverly at the sixth spot. Yeah, Waverly. So, again, Team of Destiny last year, but, you know, they had a lot of upperclassmen that led the way. <clears throat> And, you know, they had a really good coach in Michael Ziola, who since left. So, again, another team that we kind of have questions about, you know. They've got a good goalkeeper in Ian Moorhead. Uh, very, very talented. The few games we've been able to watch him, he's been one of the standout players. So, they'll have a good rock in the back, which I feel really good about. And they return a few solid players from their, you know, from the attacking front. Uh you know, one player to keep an eye on for them will be Kemper Reed. Uh, nine goals, four assists last season. Although, that, again, that's the stats from prior to the state tournament. Uh, but, yeah, Waverly, I mean, they started the season so well last year. Went on a good run before eventually losing to Nebraska City, who we talked about as being a very good team last season. I think Waverly... if they So, last year, a lot of their players were like, you know, football players who came and suited up and played on the back line, played defense for them, you know. Which is a strategy I have seen work in the past. Absolutely, especially at the high school level, you know. It's high school boys, high school girls, you know. You can just you can get them to come out if you can just tell them to, you know, sit back, defend well. Launch it into Rosette. Launch it into Rosette, exactly. If you can learn to play a little bit of Brexit ball, it can for better or worse, be very effective at this level. Imagine how much success Sean Dykeball Sean Dykeball would have in high school soccer. Just no. as an aside. Undefeated. 4-4-2, long ball to a 6-2 striker if you can find one 6-4. Easy. State tournament. It's <laughs> coming in. <laughs> Inbound. Absolutely. So we've got next up at, if I'm remembering correctly, the seven spot. Correct. Who do we got? Uh, who do we got at the seventh preseason? Yep. Ranking at the number seven. So another team that made the state tournament. Another team we have ranked in the Class B poll. Uh, GI Northwest. Now this is a team that lost one of their best players last year, and the little magician Najib, the bespectacled magician Najib Ortiz. Uh, he was such an important player for them. Scored a great free kick goal at the state tournament. Uh, they will be missing his influence in that midfield spot, in that center attacking playmaker spot. But 
they'll have a lot of other players who can step up in his absence. Uh, namely, number five, Peyton Atwood. Scored a bunch of goals last season for the Islanders. Not the Islanders, my apologies. Uh, for the Vikings. GI Northwest um, could be a very, very talented team. Again, it's, it's one, of the game, one of the teams that I would really love to be able to go and see in person someday. So my hope is that they will make it to the state tournament and go on a good run. And I think they've got the talent. I think they've got the ability to do it this year. Now at number eight, we've got the alma mater of Omaha legend, Diego Gutierrez, the Ralston Rams. Yeah. At the number eight spot. Yeah, so it's always fun. Now, I don't know how Joe did it last year, but picking that eight, nine, ten spot, it's always a little bit of a crapshoot. You never really know how that's going to pan out. And these are all just kind of our best guesses at this point. Uh, but Ralston was a young team last year. They were young, and they still managed to win their conference tournament, pick up some good victories along the way. And they had a good JV team as well, from what I heard from a lot of coaches. I think they almost went undefeated. So my hope is that Ralston is going to get a lot of their returning talent back and bring some players up from their JV team and probably make a good run of it, you know? I don't know if we'll see the next Diego Gutierrez anytime soon out of there, but... Uh, Ralston's definitely a team that could sneak into that last spot at the state tournament. Interesting on the Rams' side. Now we look at the penultimate team in this top 10 link ranking, South Sioux City at the 9 spot. Yeah, South Sioux City, a team that's usually around here, usually very competitive. Uh, kind of one of the disappointments of last year, though. Uh, weren't as good as they maybe could have been, uh, at least record-wise. And a lot of that, though, is down to the fact that, you know, they challenge themselves by coming to Omaha to play a lot of local teams, a lot of Class A teams. They challenge themselves with a good schedule, which, you know, is a strategy that can be very effective because, you know, maybe you're not getting those PowerPoints, but your team's getting good competition. You know, it's being tested and that can suit you on later in the season. And a lot of times that's worked. Uh, but Sioux City, I think they do have a lot of talent, a lot of good club players who do come down to Omaha for the ECNL teams. And, you know, South Sioux City is, I think, I think they're due as well for a good run this year. So keep an eye on them, you know, kind of in a fun little spot being so far out of the way in the northeast quadrant of the state. But uh, I, I love the Cardinals. They got a new field up there too, which, you know, hopefully I can go check out a game there at some point. Uh, but the Cardinals will be a fun team to watch this year. They're always very talented. Hopefully this year they can put it together. And you love the way the ball moves on a new pitch. It's always so clean and mm -hmm. so smooth if you catch it right along the ground. Last, but certainly not least, to wrap up the top 10, we've got Hastings at the 10 spot. Hastings, yes, exactly. Um, a team that was about 500 last season. But when you look at their players, almost all their top assisters, almost all their top goal scorers were juniors, sophomores, or even freshmen. Uh, they're bringing almost everyone back this season, it sounds like. I think Hastings is a team that's been on the cusp for, for a little bit. And this year, I mean, I, I, I just like, I have expectations. I have hopes for a lot of these teams. And Hastings, I'm putting them there as my team that I'm hopeful for that they'll do well. So I, just, I would love to see the Hastings Tigers back at state. It's been too long. Again, 
keep an eye on all these teams out west here. And then we're looking at teams to, to keep an eye on outside of the top 10. The honorable mentions, if you will. You've got your first up, the Columbus Scotus Shamrocks barely missing out on the top 10. Yeah, Scotus, again, uh, one of those teams that did miss out barely on state last year. Um, not in the top 10 to start this season. You know, sorry, they don't have any Brzezinski sisters on their team, so maybe I'd put them on if that were the case. Uh, but they were, they were talented last year. Uh, they had... Chance Bailey, who led the, t- the state, I believe, in assists last season. Uh, unfortunately, lost him to graduation, so that presence will be missed. But they do return Jose Cruz, who had about 26 goals last year. Ridiculous tally. Uh, not 26. I don't know. It was, some, it was some, somewhere very high. He finished, I believe, second in the state in goals. So a very talented team, young team, that we could see out of SCOTUS this year. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen them at the level that they used to be at, as we kind of mentioned earlier in one of our podcasts. You know, they were like the first team to go on a three-peat in Class B boys from, I believe it was 2013-2015. I want to go with that. I know they'll correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, they, they were obviously one of the top teams for so many years. And I think this year they've might have a chance of getting back to that spot. We'll see. They were always a fun team to watch when they came for the Ignatius Cup. I always loved watching SCOTUS play. Now we move on to some of the other honorable mentions. We've got Crete, Norris, and the Platte as yeah. honorable mentions. Let's start with Crete. What are the, what makes them barely outside the top ten for you? Uh, Crete's one of those teams that, you know, they're close to like a large metro area, so they got a lot of good uh, access to uh club facilities as well as you know their middle school teams there which uh not a lot of like communities have that but i do always appreciate the communities that have middle school soccer teams for their uh players to develop and get time playing together uh but crete's just a fun team uh they're always usually in that you know 10 to 13 spot if not a little bit higher last year again kind of a disappointing year for them uh but if you if you don't follow crete on social media, I would highly recommend it. Uh, their their boys soccer team does a great job with like their social media graphics. They look professionally made. I don't know who does make them, but hats off to that person. Uh, but Crete's just a fun team to follow. Um, they'll be a good team, I think, this year. They'll be competitive in a lot of games. Uh, just how competitive, whether they're able to actually win those games, that'll be a question that we're going to find out. Now Norris just barely missing out as well. Yeah, uh, another team that's not really having the same success right now as their girl counterparts. Uh, but Norris is, you know, Norris is like, there's a lot of communities in Nebraska that we're seeing a lot of, you know, new schools have success lately because the communities are growing, i.e. Gretna, uh, Bennington, Waverly. And Norris is one of those communities. You know, it's an area that's growing quickly, and because of that influx of new people, the teams are on the rise. I think Norris boys should benefit from that trend sooner rather than later. And so I want to say the team that you know barely missed out on state, losing in the, I believe the finals last year, district finals, uh, they should be able to get it together soon. I just have high hopes for them. So we'll keep an eye on Norris. Gotcha. And then rounding out the honorable mentions, not quite River Plate, but River Platte we're looking at, right? Exactly. Everybody's favorite co-op, the Platte. 
the combination of Plattsmith and Plattsview. Uh, they were in their first year of existence as a co-op last year and actually had a pretty good run of things. I'm just hoping that this year they can continue that form. Uh, they got some good goalkeeping uh, in the back. I, I can't remember his name, unfortunately, and I will be able to look it up later. Uh, but a college commitment there, which is always important. And just overall a solid squad. I really do like the Platt. I would love to see them continue to shoot up the rankings. They did break into one of our rankings last year. I hope they can continue that this year, but we will certainly see. Are you thinking of Ty Orwig? Is that the goalkeeper you yes, were thinking Yes, Ty Orwig. Yes, thank you so much for that. Absolutely. Sorry, Ty. Yep, Ty Orwig. Yeah, good goalkeeper in the back for the Platt. As we've mentioned, you know, we'll always give our goalkeepers love here on the platform. So if you've got good goalkeeping play, we are always going to like your chances of doing well. Uh, goalkeepers Union, I will always be... Re- goalkeepers specifically send those videos, uh, tag mm-hmm. me in those, Owen underscore Godverson. I Absolutely. would love to see your best saves from this season. I will retweet them. I, I, I love hyping up goalkeepers. So always feel free to send those into the pod, not just goals. Not just assists. We give the goalkeeper some love, too. And some center backs, the defenders, the fullbacks. If you have any great defensive plays, maybe it's a clearance off the line. Maybe a clearance just into the absolute middle of nowhere that gets it as far away from the goal as possible because we respect Brexit ball in here. Yeah, as a former left back, we always got to give our defenders some love, you know? I would love to see some more defense. Goals get all the highlights, but, you know, yeah, send us in your crunching tackles. Yeah, oh, send me a good two foot. I absolutely love a good two foot. And another thing I absolutely love is all the storylines that you get in Class B soccer. What are some of the big storylines you're looking at this year for the boys' side of things? Well, when we did our Class B girls preview, I did Who Can Stop Scut Part 1. Now we're on to Who Can Stop Scut Part 2. Uh, Scott is going to be just a really, really phenomenal team this year. And my question is, will they go undefeated? I can't say for certain. Uh, They do have some good opposition against uh, both Class A teams as well as some out-of-state competition, which I'm going to highlight later. Uh, But they'll be a really fun team to watch. I don't know. I feel like... I do feel like the field might have dropped off a little bit this season. Uh, from last, so I don't know. If I were a betting man, I would put money on Scott winning all their Class B games. But, you know, that's not where the games are won. They're won on the field, and I really would love to see, you know, again, like we said earlier with the Scott B girls, teams are their best shot at Scott. See what can happen. Give them a good challenge, and we'll be looking forward to all those games this season. Now, there's a lot of games in this Class B season that are going to be electric. What are some of the ones that stick out to you? Some of the matchups that you have circled on your on your calendar in the Jack Hoover Fortress of Solitude. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll start off here uh, close to the beginning of the season. March 31st, Bennington will be taking on Mount Michael. Now, this will be another matchup that will have huge implications for the polls. We'll see, is Mount Michael legit? Is Bennington legit? And, you know, what's the gap like between these two teams right now? Because the last time they met, uh, Bennington, you know, ran away with it. I believe 3-1, 4-1 against Mount Michael. And But that was after, right after Mount Michael had beaten Bennington in Substate. So, 
I don't know what the gap's going to be like between these two teams this year, and I'm very excited to find out. Tune into that game. I've got that one. Other games that you're looking forward to this season? Uh, so i got two more here. Uh, Lexington versus Crete, April 1st. Uh, always love these matchups when these two teams are able to meet. Uh, always a fun style of play. You know, Lexington, from what we saw a lot of them last year, they play with a lot of flair. Uh, love to shoot from distance. Love a good rip from like 30 yards out. Uh, good techers, really, is how I would also describe it. Um, and then Crete is kind of a similar, uh, similar style in a way. So we will see, you know, if Crete can compete with these good teams this year, this the upper echelon of Class B. So tune in April 1st to look at that game. You'd be an April fool to miss that matchup. Yeah. That was... Not my best. Yeah, not your best. Not your best. But he's not wrong. Go watch the game if you're able to. If you're in the area, go check it out. Now, what's your third of these uh, of these games that you're looking forward to? Yeah. So this is... This only involves one Class B school, um, only one Nebraska school. Interesting. Yes. So Scott, um, for whatever reason, I'm not really sure why. I don't know what happened. Um, they have three, at least three games against Iowa competition this season, which one thing I'll probably talk about later is I am a big, big fan of teams challenging themselves from opposition outside the state. Like, I very much enjoy that, like, a team like Scott's Bluff or a team like Garing, you know, they go and play a Wyoming competition. Um, and obviously that, you know, since we're playing spring ball, at least on the boys' side, not a lot of other teams in the area do play spring ball, so there's not a ton of opportunities. But Iowa is right across the river, and they do play spring ball. And so on April 13th, Scott will be taking on a team from Iowa, from Ankeny, Called Ankeny Centennial. That's a right. dope name for a high school. It's a great name. That <laughs> is a sensational name for a high school. The Ankeny Centennial Jaguars. Oh! Yeah. Uh, but I did. I looked at their team a little bit, and they actually have a really, really solid squad, it looks like. They made it to the semifinals of the Class A equivalent uh, for Iowa soccer last year, and they've got some really, really good attacking play. Um, sounds like they've got one kid who's committed to St. Louis University, who's one of their wingers. Uh, very, very talented team. So, you know, it's an opportunity to watch one of the best teams in Iowa versus one of the best teams in Nebraska, which is always just matches that I love to see. Um, and I would love to see teams schedule more of those games. So tune into that one, April 13th, at Scut. Now that will be a game that we're going to try every bit to get out to and cover because that sounds a cross-river rivalry game like that, oh, you got to go out and see it if you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, to wrap things up for Class B, and A, our Class B previews that we've recorded this evening as of recording, what are just some of the things you're excited most about to get back into the groove of things with high school? Specifically Class B, but just in general. Yeah. Getting back to this season. It's just, oh, man. I, it's so short, which is such a bummer, you know. We're starting technically, you know, 
March 1st, and then we're running until I didn't fully check the dates for state, but I believe it's like May 15th, somewhere like there. That's only about a two and a quarter month. <laughs> two and a quarter month, yeah. So it's two and a half, yeah. It's not a ton of time at all. So we just, we want to make it count as much as possible. And we want to make these limited months, these limited dates count. Uh, you know, we want to, we're limited, of course. We all, we'll always try to. We don't want to lean on that, but we love to go to as many games as possible, you know, despite the fact that we are limited. So I'm just excited to go to games, check out just the players. I'm excited to see the storylines that develop that we don't even know about yet. I mean, last year when we were doing this, uh, if you had told us Waverly was going to make a run to the semifinals, we wouldn't have believed that at all. We didn't know how good they were. Uh, That came out of nowhere. Um, Class A side, you know. Very few people had Lincoln Southeast picked as being a team to keep an eye on. And so they came out of nowhere and made it to the state finals off of really, really good goalkeeping play from Smy Hogg. I will say that. Phenomenal keeper performance. Uh, but just these little storylines that are going to come out that we're going to be able to cover. You know, these players that we might not know about yet who will pop up on the scene and, you know, become little local superstars overnight, hopefully. I'm just excited to get back into that, you know, because this season it's about the players, you know, and the stories that they're going to tell. And we're going to do our best to, you know, represent that as well as possible. Yeah, and to help us out, if you folks have any, like we keep plugging the pictures, the videos, everything like that, the stories, the, anything you want to send our way to Nebraska Soccer Talk on Twitter, on our website, we've got multiple social media platforms. Jack, go ahead and hit him with the plug. Absolutely. So, yeah, you can find us on Twitter, um, on Instagram, Nebraska underscore talk. I think we're getting a TikTok. Uh, more about that later. We'll see I refuse works to out. dance. We won't dance. We'll find another, uh, another way, more things to put on there. Um, but, yeah, you can find us there. And then our own personal socials, I'm Jack underscore Hova. On both Twitter and Instagram. Tag yep. me in anything you find there. It's the same with me. Owen underscore Godberson on Twitter. And then Owen Godberson on Insta. Go ahead. Submit what you guys have got this year. Your highlights. Your tapes. Your photos. We want to cover. We want to tell as many Nebraska soccer stories this year. Feel free to hit us up. Yeah. And well, we're going to be looking forward to what's going to be a really, really fun season this year. I mean, it's kind of redundant. We say it every year, but it's we know it's going to be fun. We're looking forward to these stories, and we're looking forward to sharing them with you all, the listeners. So for Nebraska Soccer Talk, this has been Jack alongside Owen. We will see you guys this season.